Happy Wednesday, everyone. It's good to be back here again. If you remember, some of you will remember anyway, almost six months ago, we started this series called These Gifts. And if you remember, I was wearing my Christmas suit and we celebrated Christmas in July. Remember that? And, and the idea of the series anyway was that, that God is really in the giving business, that there are so many different gifts that we receive on, a, on an ongoing basis, whether it's something simple like the air we breathe or something more complicated like, uh, like God reacting to our thoughts in such a way that, that truly our, our heart's desire can be brought about in the world. But no matter how you look at it, I think we all agree God is in the giving business. So, so let's fast forward. Now, now we're coming into a, a real Christmas season, not Christmas in July. And, and I already got my first postcard, right? Peace on earth. First Christmas card, peace on earth. And I was thinking about this the other day because that too is one of the gifts that actually God has given us. It isn't God's deal. God's already said, here's peace on earth. Do with it what you will. <laughs> I, I guess that's the trouble, right? Is, is, is we get to take it from there. And, and I want to explore that a little bit tonight with you. Uh, we will have some practical advice for, for how we can achieve peace on earth. But in the meantime, I want to little, talk a little bit about how it isn't peaceful before we get there. And a good place to start, of course, is always a joke, I think. So in Jerusalem, a CNN journalist heard about a very old Jewish man who had been going to the Wailing Wall to pray twice a day, every day, for many, many years. So she went to check it out and found him. She watched him pray for about 45 minutes, and when he was turning to leave, she approached him for an interview. Well, I'm a journalist from CNN, sir. May I ask how long you've been coming to the wall and praying? Over 60 years, he said. That's amazing, she cried. What do you pray for? Well, I pray for peace between the Christians, the Jews, and the Muslims. I pray for the hatred to stop. I pray for the safety of our children to grow up. I pray for the, the friendship and the brotherhood of all peoples. Well, how do you feel after doing this for about 60 years? The old man hesitated and then replied, some days I feel like I'm talking to a wall. <laughs> It gets worse than that. I want to share some of the, the statistics with you, but, but first of all, have you noticed, even in this season of Christmas coming up, the amount of violence that is in the news right now? And, and, and whether it's a, a civil unrest in our own Ferguson, Missouri, whether it's Kabul, Afghanistan, with nearly daily bomb attacks going on, or, or Somalia, uh, still considered to be some, uh, by some, to be the most violent and, uh, and dangerous places on the planet. It seems like our news, uh, the pictures, the videos that we see, the internet, is full of violence in the world. And I initially wanted to just kind of check this out, uh, if you will, a little fact-checking. <laughs> and, and, and of course, I'm not accusing the newspapers of not doing their fact-checking, but I really wanted to check it out. And so, uh, here are the numbers since 2011, 260,000 people were killed in the Syrian civil war. 150,000 were being killed in that, since 2011 in the Mexican drug war. 28,250 were killed in the Iraqi insurgency. 
15,000 people killed in the Sudanese Civil War. 6,100 people killed in the Central African Republic conflict. 4,300 in the Sinai insurgency. 2,400 in the Libyan conflict. 4,100 in the Ukraine and the, the war in Donbass. If you add it all up, and, uh, and I had someone check me to make sure I was adding it up right, it's 470,000 people killed in armed conflict just in the last four years. So when we think of peace on earth, when we think that gift that God has given us, the, the capability, if you will, for peace on earth, of course, I'm a little worried. The pictures, the images that we see indeed are telling us a story of trouble in the world. But then I wanted to do something a little bit beyond that. I wanted to put it into another kind of perspective. And so I did some more research on the internet around simply, well, how do people die on the planet? And, and, and to what level? You know, what's the general death rate? And I guess I was a little bit surprised during that same four-year period, not hundreds of thousands of people, but 224 million people have died in general. And so when you look at that ratio, it's actually a tenth of 1% of the people who die in any year who are dying of some kind of armed conflict. Now, 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 I'm not saying we're doing a good job here, but it does kind of put a little different spin on it, doesn't it? And so I, did, I dug just a little bit more. Guess how many people every year die in car crashes? Something entirely preventable. 1.2 million. So there are 100 times more people every year dying in car crashes worldwide than are dying of any kind of armed conflict. It helps to put it in perspective a little bit, I think. Now, do we still have work to do? Am I deeply disturbed by the numbers of all of that conflict? Absolutely. And yet some of the most simple things on the planet uh, such as us coming here tonight in our automobiles, is actually riskier. It's actually more apt to cause us bodily harm, even death, than the wars and the conflicts that are going on right now. You know what? And you may not even believe this. Here I've given you all the bad news part of the story, right? I've told you of, of, uh, of half a million people in the last four years dying in armed conflict on the planet. Would you believe that we are living in the most peaceful time ever on the planet? Most of you are just looking at me like, what's he smoking? <laughs> it's true, though. It's true. If you actually go by the numbers... Or the percentages. In fact, I thought, well, maybe they're playing that statistical game where as the population gets larger, right, then, then the number of incidences of anything proportionally gets smaller. So if, if there are enough people on the planet, we can kill off way more of them and the statistics will look great. So I checked into that and no, it isn't even that. Even by the numbers, we are more peaceful now as a people as, as humanity, than we have ever been on the planet. There's even statistics and, and, and a whole book written back uh, about it. And if you're interested at all, uh, a fellow named Steven Pinker actually wrote a book uh, talk about the better angels of our nature, why violence 
has declined throughout history. And it, and it talks about that, the very numbers behind it. So am I happy about this? You would think I would be. For the most part, it seems like God has given us the gift of peace, and by the numbers anyway, we've taken it on. The chances of armed conflict escalating seem actually smaller in the universe than it did a few years ago. And, and of course, what we tend to see on the newspapers, right? If someone is dying, that's what they're going to show, right? They don't show too often pictures of places where nothing much is going on. If they did, I, I might subscribe to that cable channel, right? The, the, the upbeat CNN would be, hi, we're here in Turkey today and nothing happened. Right? Do you know what I mean? Hi, we're here in South America. Remember when things were terrible two years ago? Not today. Things doing fine. Weather is sunny. We're at the beach. Well, we're not going to see that. Of course, what we're going to see is any place on the planet where there is conflict, We'll see pictures of it. We'll see the, you know, the death tolls. We'll, we'll see, in particular, if, you know, I don't know, a nursery school gets bombed or whatever it is, that's where we're going to focus in on. And I want to suggest that this is doing us a bit of a disservice. Because even though, okay, we're, we're all adults, we know that the media, of course, is going to focus in on some of the things that are a bit sensational. That's what they do. And, and the ratings improve when they do it. And so uh, to ask them to not do it because it's influencing us, and they, well, I mean, it's just silly. They're just going to keep doing it. But, but unfortunately, it has caused, it has caused us to expect there to be violence in the world. Now, those of you who are metaphysicians out there, those of you who have been in science of mind for you know, more than a few weeks <clears throat> are no doubt checking into that idea of expectations because what we expect happens. We can pray about peace in the world. We can send greeting cards to each other. We can do all the work that we need to do uh, in terms of educating people around detente. Uh, right? We can, we can build up the, the peacekeeping forces. We can teach people nonviolent communications. And trust me, all the major powers in the world, of course, have those kinds of things in place. So what is keeping us from receiving God's complete gift of peace is that we're not expecting it. I saw it in your faces when I, said that, when I said that this was the most peaceful time in human history, nearly everyone in the room looked at me with a face and said, well, that's not what I expected. And it's because we don't expect it. We see the wars on television. We see the conflicts. We, we're on Facebook and, and see the, the outcry of what's going on in Missouri right now. And so we have an expectation of violence. We have a belief that no matter how hard we try, no matter what we do, based on the history of this sometimes miserable planet, that there's going to be armed conflict. And i got to tell you, it is our expectation that is keeping that gift from finally being received. Well, I have a longish bit of homework for you today. You know, I like to give a, a bit of homework, and this is a longer one. 
The homework is to not tell lies anymore. <laughs> How do you like that? It's like mom scolding you. Because all of us have told the lie that peace is impossible, that war is inevitable, that the world is a dangerous place to be. And I suppose there are pockets and places and times and things like that when that is true. But do we send the same bad news messages about driving here on Wednesday nights? No. Do we tell the same doom and gloom and the, the likelihood that we'll all die of heart disease on a regular basis? Well, no, we don't do that. Why is it that we single out violence and armed conflict as something that can never be solved, that's inevitable, but we don't think anything about traffic accidents. We don't think anything about heart disease. We don't think anything about the things that are way more likely to cause money and trouble and pain and suffering in the world. And so I'd like to ask us right up front, and this is our homework, to be very careful to tell the truth about the story of violence. And the truth is, it's vanishing. It isn't gone yet. Believe me, I'm not happy when I read those numbers that a half a million people over the last four years died in armed conflict. It, it deeply saddens me that we're still embarking upon schemes of, of armed conflict and, and, and creating ever more destructive means of doing each other's in. But, but I'm heartened by the fact that for the most part, we're resist using them. That for the most part, except for certain times and in certain places, we are resisting. We're saying, no, this isn't the truth of us. We're peaceful people. We believe in love. We believe in honoring differences. We believe in peace on earth for the most part. And so our homework, which may be the most difficult homework I've ever assigned, is to begin telling the truth about violence that it isn't as bad as what we're led to believe. That the world, for the most part, actually is embracing peace. And that we can feel free to dispel the expectation of further war. You know, just the other day there was an address by the Pope, and he said, we're on the verge of World War III. And I gotta tell, I gotta tell you, as much as I appreciate the Pope that's in power right now, he's just wrong. He's fibbing to us, and he doesn't even realize it. That's why it's a fib, because a fib is when you tell the truth and you don't quite get it, right? Little, little kids fib all the time. We're fibbing right and left about violence. And I would like us to take a vow to stop that. We don't do the same thing about people dying in traffic accidents. We don't do the same thing about people dying in other things in the world. Why should we make the... I mean, in fact, we're really hopeful in those other areas, right? We're always talking about making cars safer. We're always talking about finding cures for diabetes and, and cures for some of the other pickles that we manage to get ourselves on the planet, right? We're really hopeful about those things. Let us be really hopeful about expecting peace. Let us begin in our own heart to feel and sense that peace on earth is already here. That it's simply for us to reach out and shake its hand and say, welcome. That we're not expecting anything bad to happen anymore. 
that we really believe that all of that education around uh, peaceful negotiation and detente and the other means that we have it, especially in the major powers of the planet. Oh my gosh, the, the diplomats, there are scores of them. We know how to do it. We know how to do peace. I think the only thing that's left is the expectation of war and conflict. So let us change our expectations. Are you game for it? For this year, as, as my Christmas present, let's do our homework really well. Let us begin having an expectation of peace. When we see on the newspaper something going on in our own Missouri, let's, let's honor it. Let's get to the bottom of it. Let's see if there's an issue here that needs to be rectified. And I, and I think that the, the civil distress does need to be rectified. But even as we're doing it, let us think about how short-lived this is going to be. Not as a precursor to something else, but as the precursor to peace the precursor towards something wonderful happening in race relations in this country. Let's look forward to its resolution, not that it's a harbinger of some negativity to come. The next time that we see something negative going on in the Middle East where people were killed or a bomb goes off, think to yourself, well, that's not what I expected. What I expect is peace. What I expect is a, a resolution to these kinds of things that are equitable because that's what we're about. Are we open for this? You guys are looking a little blank tonight. I, I know I'm doing that a little bit heavy-handed kind of thing, and I, and I promise, uh, I, I apologize for that, but I promise you peace on earth is in no one's hands but ours. Because the work is already done, right? The diplomats are in place. The people who can do the high-level negotiations, all of that is already there. God has made sure that that gift is attainable. And the last little niggling thing is just my own weird little belief that things are somehow not going to work out or not be what I want them to do. And so literally, world peace literally is in our hands. All we have to do is change our expectations. I'm going to close tonight. I talked about Christmas in July. Uh, well, it, we're in the right season for it again here. And I'm going to close tonight with the same quote of Howard Thurman's uh, that I used about six months ago. It's from his book, The Meditations of the Heart. And he talks about placing gifts on our altar this Christmas. So let me do this little reading, and then I'll close with a prayer. Howard Thurman says, I place these gifts on my altar this Christmas, gifts that are mine, even as the years are mine. The quiet hope that floods the earnest cargo of my dreams, the best of all good things for those I love, a fresh new trust for all of those whose faith has dimmed. The love of life, God's most precious gift, is in reach of all. To see in each day the seeds of a positive morrow, and finding in each struggle the strength of renewal. The seeking in each person the face of my brother.
In these gifts I place on my altar this Christmas, gifts that are mine, even as the years are mine. Let us pray. There is one power and one presence, one, one life and one goodness, one majestic peace. I feel it in my own heart. I feel my heart expanding to encompass the globe on this evening with my, with my expectations of love. My expectations of getting along with everyone, even the people that I don't necessarily love outright. I know in my own heart I get along fine with them. And that's my expectation. I know that this world, for all of its differences, is united in some fundamental way. And I know in my own heart that, that I'm right in the center of it, that it is my expectations, that it is my dreams, that it is what, what I wish that when I cling to it and when I, when I feel it, that it is powerful. And as it is true for me, I know it is true for each person in this room that our dreams of peace, our expectations of peace, our desires for peace, when we embody them, when they come from the heart and are known to be true with great faith in our minds, that, that these truths, this peace, is enduring. It acts as the, the catalyst for encircling this globe in kindness. It opens up that willingness to share resources, knowing that we're, that we're in it together. It opens up the ability to negotiate tough situations and places that are ravaged by, by trouble and strife. It is our expectations of success that prevail. And so, as we start off this Christmas season, I am grateful for this message of hope, this message of peace on earth, this capability in our own hearts to expect something better. And so in gratitude, I release this prayer. I release it into the activity and action of the law itself, knowing that God has already given that gift of peace, that God simply says yes. And so I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Blessed be. Thank you so much.